You know, one of the exciting things about uh, coming together is that when you, you know, even, I, I don't know about you, but even, even when I'm at home and I'm, I'm, I'm praying or something like that, or I'm in the car and praying or what, doing whatever and praying, um, it's never, it never seems as good as it does when we all come together. Amen. You know, and that's, and that's because that when, you know, we're gathered together, uh, you, you, you know, it's, it's exactly what God wants to do. You know, it's kind of like we can eat dinner every night of the week, and, and we do, typically, um, and, unless we are fasting or we skip it or, or whatever. But typically we eat dinner, or most people eat dinner every night of, the, um, of their lives. But, you know, there's always something special about Thanksgiving, isn't there? Yeah. There's always something special about uh, 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 Christmas dinner, right? Or, or Easter dinner. We, when, these times when we come together, uh, and, and, and there's something really awesome about that. My wife and I this week, and my daughter, we got to tour a, a, a real famous uh, architectural uh, gem of a building. Uh, but it's a synagogue. And we didn't go there because we were going to a service. Not that I would be opposed to necessarily, because I'm kind of interested to see what that would be like because I've never been in a, 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 a Jewish service, whatever you call it. Uh, but uh, you, you know, the, we were in this building, and it was uh, real precious to us uh, to be in there and to and, and to see. But I, I, you know, one of the things that I sensed in there, not just because the building was beautiful, but we sensed the presence of God in there, which was pretty amazing. And uh, I, I believe that the presence of God is still with the Jews. That He still wants to do things through them and with them. Of course, we know that according to the Word as well. Um, but uh, we, we, we sense that presence there. But when we were talking to the, the woman, the, the docent, uh, she was the one that was giving us a tour of the building. As we were talking to her, uh, it was really quite interesting because she was part of the congregation as well. Um, and she was explaining, you know, we asked different questions about their faith and stuff and just, just curious about it. And uh, as she shared things with us, you know, one of the things that she shared was the, these certain services that afterwards they, that they get together and they have a meal. And, 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 and even though the service, she talked about the service, the meal she really focused on. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was really excited about the meal. She said they really put on a spread, you know. <laughs> Glory to God. And that's a real special time, amen. And so, you know, we know that uh, the, hearing the word of God is likened to eating a good meal or eating a meal. You know, when uh, Jesus was talking to Peter and asked him if, he, if Peter loved him, and, and Peter said, you know, Lord, I do. And he said, well, feed my sheep then. And, and that's interesting that the Lord used those terms. Uh, I, I really believe that it's interesting. Um, but glory to God. But that's what we're, we come together to be prepared for a big meal. And this is, this is the event of the week, amen. This is what we get excited for. And I'm so excited that God is moving on us in this place, amen. And I'm so glad you all came out today. Uh, it, just, it just makes it so much better when there's people. Glory to God. You know, we've done it with nobody and we've, we've done it with, with a few people. We've done it with more, but it's always good when you have people come out, especially people that want to be there. So if you want to be here, you've, you've got an extra, an extra star in your, uh, where, where's our sticker hander out? Or we, we need to get more stickers for it, praise God. Say, just ask people, did you come hungry? And maybe we give them a scratch and sniff sticker or something, you know, like, praise God. Those always smell gross, but good. I don't know, it was weird. Uh, they were. It was a disgusting smell, but we still like to smell them for whatever reason. <laughs> Glory to God. Do they still have scratch and sniff stickers? Do and pencils? Would they still have them? Okay, good, 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 good. I just didn't know if these kids. You know, these kids. This this generation of kids. They've lost so much. 
And I just wanted to make sure that they didn't lose that too, amen? <laughs> Glory to God. Well, today's uh, message, uh, I, 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 I don't know if I had said I, was, I might try to finish last week's message, but I'm not going to this week anyways. But this week's message, we are still continuing in the line of simple faith. Um, but this week uh, was on my heart. It actually, you know, I had a bunch of stuff again prepared, uh, but this was something specifically different that the Lord brought me. And so I believe that it's for this time and, and, and for today. Amen. Uh, but uh, today's is simple faith, the, the believer's unction. Amen. And we're going to be talking about the unction. You know, this is this is another one of those things. You know, we've been we've been talking a lot about faith and simple faith, and and really, I I, I think I might just stay in this vein forever. I, I, I mean, just, just the idea of, of the simplicity of the Word of God. Let's not, you know, we can, we can talk about complicated things, and I'm not opposed to talking about complicated things. In fact, I study some complicated things. Sometimes there's things I study that are so complicated that I have to, like, stop, you know, read a little bit, and then stop and chew on it for a while. Because, you know, it's just like that big piece of steak, you know. You don't just take a prime rib and swallow it whole. Um, I haven't got to that point where I can do that yet, but you got to chew on it. And if it's a real chewy steak, Stake, uh, you know, sometimes you have to chew more, and that's exactly what uh, that's exactly what we're getting uh, here to, or, or what we can get into. We're not getting into that today. I want to I want to have something that's a little more pureed for us, Amen. Because this is uh, and this is why. It's not that God doesn't want us to be people of depth. He does. But what I found as a pastor is that, you know, Pastor Michael actually said this to me, and I, I love it. This is an awesome quote, and I, I, I will credit him for it. He said, the sheep are confused enough without the preachers confusing them more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we, we don't need to get into, you know, we can get into some deep things sometimes, and sometimes in questions and answers we will. But, you know, uh, uh, sometimes we just need simple direction. Sometimes we just, you know, when, when, when everything is chaotic, when everything is crashing down around you, or you're trying to figure out how to just go to the next step, you don't want a long list of things to do. You want it simple. Amen? You want something you can remember. You want something. And that's, that's exactly what the things that we're teaching here today, you know, and, and, and that's what we're trying to, you know, uh, I believe that that's why God didn't put a scholar in your midst, but he put a high school dropout in your midst. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so if you're sitting here today and you're saying, well, that, that just isn't, that's not going to feed me enough. Well, glory to God, I'm sure you can find somewhere that will, that, that, that will give you that, that part of, of what you desire. But you're in the right place right now, so don't even go looking for it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Simple faith, the believer's unction. Now, of course, we, we've been hitting on, we're just going to pull it up. We, you know the scripture by now. You should be able to read it, Mark. 11:22. We've been kind of basing these this set of series, this set of sermons around this this scripture, uh, and Jesus answered, saying to them, "Have faith in God." Really, this is the most basic understanding of all our faith, and we need to really embrace this. This is the place where all other things are going to emanate from. And I find that this is the problem so often when people are lost, when people don't know what to do, when people are stirred up, when they're like, oh, this thing is happening and I don't quite know what to do with it in life, you know. Uh, what do I do with this situation or what do I do with that situation? You know, the one thing that the Lord always leads me on is when I get myself in that place or somebody else has got me in that place, the Lord always leads me to this place, have faith in Him. Yeah. Simple faith in God. What does that mean? It means to just trust God. Without simple trust in God, everything else that we can talk about is, is pointless. 
I said without simple faith in God, everything else is pointless. And the greatest thing about this is that this is one of those messages that doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter how far along you are as a Christian. Uh, you always need to get back to this. I, I pastor two churches now, and that's, that's not something that should be taken lightly or can be taken lightly. And that's something that I've learned kind of the hard way, that you can't take those things lightly. But even with that, even with that responsibility, which it is a responsibility, God still brings me back to this place all the time. Simple faith. Trust Him. In fact, a lot of things that we're going to walk through in life, we're going to walk through them because God is bringing us to this place. He wants us to trust Him. He wants us to be reliant on Him. Amen? So many people, uh, you know, there, there's a, there are movements and all the things uh, that these movements all do is, is try to encourage people to be self, uh, self-reliant or self-able, you know, that's, we want to enable people, and you can do whatever you want to do, and all these things, and while those things sound good in theory, they don't always work out in practice. We live in a world where people, in fact, we just saw that in, with Russia, right? Uh, Putin deciding to do just what he wanted to do, despite what everybody else says, and we, and he obviously thinks that what he's doing is a good thing. Or at least he feels that it's good for him. And regardless of how you feel about it, it doesn't seem like it's right to go take what somebody else is to me. But uh, even, even if it was yours at one time, you know, unless uh, God specifically directed it, you know, for some specific reason. Uh, but other than that, uh, because God knows, amen. But uh, there's just something about him that I don't think he's led by God. Amen. Uh, so simple faith is a, uh, uh, you know, this world is, is always trying to get people to break away from faith in God and to be self-reliant, and that's a dangerous place to be. Amen? So Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus answered them, saying, Have faith in God. Glory to God. You know, one of the questions I get asked, believe it or not, I actually get asked quite often is, is how do I come up with what to preach? And really, how I come up with what to preach comes from the, what we're going to be talking about today, and that's the unction, the believer's unction. And, and uh, uh, we're, gonna, we're about to break into it a little bit more, but what is an unction? An unction is on the inside of you. It's a, it's a knowing. It's the ability to, to do something uh, that, 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 uh, or to know to do something. Um, you know, as the Bible defines unction, uh, it's also defined anointing sometimes. And really what it is, is uh, the anointing literally means to smear. And we're going uh, we're, we're gonna to get into this a little bit here in a minute. So I'm not just leaving it off of that. But the, the unction uh, is an important thing and it's something that we need to learn. The problem is, is a lot of people think that they know what the unction is because they've had a thought or something like that, and they, they automatically think, think that that must be an unction because it seems good. Uh, you know, we were, I was talking with our kids the, uh, just the, uh, the other day about something specific, and we were talking about um, legal matters, you know, things. And I said, you know, there's a lot, there, there's some things in life you have to talk to a lawyer about. And the reason is, is because you might think something should go a certain way, but a lawyer, one of the things I've learned in life is that when you talk to a lawyer, a lot of times they'll tell you it doesn't work that way at all. In fact, how you're thinking is completely opposite, and you just got yourself in a whole lot of trouble because of the decisions that you made. And I've, I've been in that place where I've got myself in a whole lot of trouble and needed a lawyer because of the decisions that I've made. Hallelujah. 
But, you know, uh, the, the, the same thing is with the things of God is sometimes we can think, well, well, this, this seems right to me. But see, those things that we have to understand can be manipulated and skewed by a lot of things. And so what we need to know is how to be right about it. Part of, being a, a part of being a part of a church, a local church, is learning how to hear that unction and understand that unction. Now, there's, there's different unctions, and we have to know this. One of the things God will not give you the unction for is for what I should do. Right. He's just not going to do that. Right. Why? Because he's placed me at the head of the church, this church, to lead it. Yeah. And so uh, that being said, that doesn't mean I'm going to always choose the best thing, but my endeavor is to choose the best thing but God has put, and God has put certain people over me in order to ensure that I continue to choose the best thing. Yeah. But your decision, or not just this church, but any church, is not to change the flow of that church. Right. But when God brings us together, he brings us together to be part of that church, yeah. to be part of that flow, to be part of what God is doing there. Right. And what God will do is he'll equip each and every one of us to be part of that flow. And even though it's maybe not the practice you would do in your household or if you, you know, how many, how many have ever had kids that have said that or have been a kid that have said that? If I was the parent, I would dot, dot, dot. Well, we all know that if you've been in that place of saying that and then you've been in the place of parenting, you know that when you're looking from the outside in, it's really easy to say what people should do. But then when you're standing on the inside out, sometimes you change your, your mindset a little bit, or your ideas about that. And the reason is, is because you get a greater understanding being in the midst of something. Well, the same thing is with the local church. And there are things, you know, a church should never be run like a dictatorship where a pastor is just like, everybody has to follow me and do exactly what I say to do and all that stuff, because that's wrong too. The Bible instructs pastors not to lord over people's lives. In other words, I'm not to tell you what to do in every moment of your life. But the Bible also instructs us to yield ourselves and submit ourselves to our spiritual leadership because they watch out for your souls. Amen? And that's truly something that, 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 uh, that we do as a pastor. As pastors, that's what we do. We, we care deeply for the people that God has, has given uh, under our care. And so there is a, uh, an overseeing. You know, uh, and, and so... You know, the, the, these are things that we need to understand. And so unction, we also need to understand how the placement of unction will be in our life. Amen? So how do I preach a message? How do I come up with a message to preach? Well, basically what I do is I set my heart toward God. That's the first thing I do. I'm like, okay, I put my heart. And what do you mean put your heart? I start seeking God. Well, how do you do that? Well, God's out there somewhere, uh, so I start seeking him. Yeah. It's that simple. Said God, it, it, you know, the, the thing about God not being physically present, I find more and more is purposeful. Do you know why God is not physically present? So we actually seek him. But so he doesn't, but the, he interacts with us not physically being present for the purpose of us being able to find him wherever we're at, no matter where we're at. Now, God, we know, is, uh, is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere at one point, uh, all at one time. But he doesn't interact with us in that physical sense everywhere. And so uh, we need to learn to live a life where we're seeking God. You know, as we walk about our lives, we've gotten somewhat effective at, at this, that we look for God in everything. 
you know, when we're in a, a Jewish synagogue, you know, they, they may not be worshiping the same God that I'm worshiping, but that doesn't mean I can't find God there. Well, why is that? Because God is everywhere. I said he's everywhere. And if God is there, then I can find him. It doesn't matter where we're at. There's been times we've gone on vacation and gone to a different church. And there's been a couple times where we've gone to a church where we got in there and we're like, oh, why did we come to this one? You know, yeah. you, you, you know, because you're off and, and they're off a little bit and you're out there and, the, and you're kind of like, maybe I shouldn't have come here, you know, or something like that. But even in those places, God has still spoken to us. But he's spoken to us through the unction. God will deal with you in service through the unction. And so what I do to prepare a message is I, I, I set my heart before the Lord and then I follow the unction. <clears throat> and this is one of those interesting things that needs to be learned and needs to be practiced and continue to be practiced. And that's why we need to hear about it more. Amen. Because the unction will always guide us according to his truth. Amen. And so when you're sitting in service, something might start stirring in you. You know, I've sat in my pastor services before and gotten a whole other message to, d to deliver to other people sitting in a service. Yeah. Happens to me all the time. When I go away, that's why I go away and sit in other services because I get fed and things get put into me, even if it's not specifically what's being taught. Sometimes other things will be stirred in me and I will, sometimes you'll sit in, in service and then all of a sudden you'll, wait a minute, you know, I, I got my answer. I know what to do now for the situation, even though I didn't address it. What is that? That's the unction. But see, that unction comes as a flow out of the spirit. When we come together and we're seeking God together, you know, the, that unction wants to meet us. And it's something that God has put with us. So let's turn to 1 John 2.20. This is our unction scripture. Amen. 1 John 2.20. You know where 1 John is? Yeah, right before 2 John. Yep. 1 John 2.20. It says here, in my version, it says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. That's really, uh, in, in many versions, in some versions, that word uh, anointing also, uh, or is translated the word unction. Both are accurate, um, but uh, to, to get through to the understanding, I do like the word unction better, but uh, we can still get something out of it even, even though uh, uh, it says it a little differently, amen? To anoint, and this is why uh, the NASB, I, I believe, uh, uh, translates it this way. So, see, this is kind of one of those words that the, the translation uh, in the NASB, which I believe is, is probably more accurate, technically speaking, uh, is telling us a specific thing. So to anoint is the act. It's literally the act of applying something to something else for a certain purpose. Yeah. In the Old Testament, uh, they, they would anoint people with oil a lot, and, and that was representative of the Holy Spirit being on them. Now, of course, we know that we've been anointed with the Holy Spirit, and he comes from the inside of us. And so that idea of using the word unction is to, to give us that understanding that it comes from the inside of us, but we have been anointed. The anointing produces something from the inside out. And, and that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us and guide us, and that's primarily how he's going to do it. 
through the unction which comes from the inside of us, but it's an anointing that provides the unction. Notice what I said there, that to anoint something is the act of applying something to something else for a purpose. God has given us the Holy Spirit. He's anointed us with the Holy Spirit for a purpose. Amen? And that purpose is that we would know. And of course, we see that and you, and you all know. Literally, that you know, you will, you'll, you'll be able to know what to do. That you'll know that you'll have the answer at any given point in time. Now, that being said, we have to be careful with this verse because at the same time, we could preach this verse and stir people up and say, hey, everything that you think you know, you know because you've been anointed by the Holy Ghost. So just because you've been anointed. But see, with the study of Scripture, we learn that you, there's another part of, of being anointed with the Holy Ghost, and that's learning how to yield to the Holy Ghost. And so if you don't know how to yield to the Holy Ghost, you're not going to know what the unction is. And so you're not going to know because you're not going to be able to do what the Bible also says, and that's discern between spirits. And see, there's a lot of times where we think something is a certain way, but we, we call our lawyer friend the Holy Spirit, and he tells us it's not quite that way. See, you're seeing it this way, but that's a little bit off from what it is. You know, I learned this. If you've been raised in a denomination, certainly you will know what I'm about to say. And that's that if you look at a certain scripture based on the way you've been raised, you will always interpret that scripture a certain way. You can always give a scripture a certain bend without seeing it another way. But if you are willing to lay down that, uh, that, that traditional thinking, the, 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 the denominational thinking, and look at Scripture, and try to look at Scripture the way God wants you to look at it, praise God. Now, I'm not saying all denominations are bad. Every, every church is some kind of denomination, whether they are specifically or not. I believe that. But at the same time, what we endeavor to do is we endeavor to eliminate those lines as much as we can. We endeavor to eliminate that influence as much as we can because it's not about a denomination. See, anybody who makes it about the denomination is already wrong. And you can say, well, I want the denomination. Well, then you go have the denomination. That's fine. There's nobody stopping you from doing that. But what you won't have is you won't have the fullness of God because God does not subject himself to humanity. Humanity must subject themselves to God. Amen? And so we can't look at it, we can't look at Scripture and say, well, I want the way I... Now listen, we are all going to be biased towards something. And so even, even as I preach this, there are certainly areas I'm going to be biased at. What I do, though, is I spend my life endeavoring not to be biased. And so I look for biases. I look for areas in my life where, where maybe I'm looking at this just because this is a, what, what everybody's always told me. And as I got into study, as I get into study, sometimes I find little bits of that. I find the remnants of that. If, you, if, if, a, if a religion is so important to you that that's the thing you've got to follow, then you follow it. But you have to do so understanding that that's what you're going to get. You're not getting God. Because God has given each and every believer his Holy Spirit in order to know all or to all know. He's given everybody. There is no excuse for a believer not to know. But that doesn't believe that all believers, that doesn't mean that all believers are going to know. You know, in uh, Hosea 4 6, it said, God said, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It's not the things that we do right that hinder us, it's the things that we do wrong. But if you don't have knowledge in a certain area, or if you refuse knowledge in a certain area, 
This is why we can never get to a place where we can't grow. It, there's never a person that stands in the pulpit we can't learn from if they're following the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean that all people that would stand in any pulpit is somebody we should follow. Amen? We do need to learn to discern that. But one of the blessings, just as like coming together and as we pray together and we worship together, and it's easy sometimes to enter into that and you, 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 you get that awe of being together and you can sense the presence of God. And maybe you can't, maybe you haven't got there yet, but I'm telling you, there, you could ask around if you haven't felt that. And a lot of people would tell you that they know that. That when they get together, it's easier for some reason. It seems easier to hear the word. It, it seems easier to understand the word when we're, when we're talking about it, when we're getting into it. See, that's what God has done. He's put that together. This is why church to a believer is not just, not just important, it is imperative that we have it. Because the only way that we're ever going to know to follow the Lord is through that gathering together and accessing those things together. The only way we're going to be able to continue with that, because it doesn't stop. See, some people say, well, I've gotten enough church. I've gotten enough learning. So now I know. So now I'm somebody I can go do my own thing. But see, God never does that. He never does that with people. God never moves you on to just do your own thing. Amen. I said, he may use you, you know, like there are examples where he'll use people to be the leader. And obviously at some point you get to where nobody can be higher because, you know, you just get to the top and there's the top. But there is still a system of checks and balances that God puts in there. Uh, praise the Lord. But we never get to a place where we're just completely out of check or out of balance. And if we do or if we follow people that are like that, we can get into trouble if we follow them. What I mean by follow them is God will put us with imperfect people. Your pastor, as much as you don't want to hear this, is not a perfect person. My wife said, amen. Glory to God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. She said, do the math. Do the math. Amen. Glory to God. My wife knows that, we're, we're, that, that I'm not a perfect person. But do you know I'm still, my wife still looks at me like her pastor. And it's a blessing. We have conversations and we, we, we have uh, not so much debates, but discussions about things, about the word and, and stuff like that. And we have back and forth and there's times I learn from her, but she will still yield to me as her pastor, which is a beautiful thing. Amen. Uh, but that doesn't mean that she's subservient to me or that, 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 that in life, uh, you, know, you know, she does it. I, I, I told her this morning, I, I, uh, I walked into, she was in our back room uh, and I walk in the back room and I'm like, you've gotten in my head. And she has over the years. She's gotten in my head. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, you know, I can't go by our bed now without making it. Because I feel like, I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there mad. Like, why did she make the bed? And she's like, you know, I've been doing that on purpose. She said, in fact, you want to know a secret? She said, she's like, she's like I purposely have not been because I know now that it bothers you. And that you'll do it. Amen. See, she's just brainwashing me and teaching me her way. But how many know that it's better to come into a room that's fixed up and made up nice? That's why I hate it, because she's showing me that side of life. I didn't, my mom tried his, uh, really, really hard. She, she had a foundation, and she tried really hard to make, make things. My wife just came in and honed those, honed those things a little bit better, amen, uh, in me. Um, <laughs> glory to God, hallelujah. But you know, the same thing is with, when we flow with a body, when we come together, uh, that there's things that we'll get. You know, each person is endowed with certain gifts and God has put them in, in really the importance of following the unction. And uh, I'm following the unction today, if you don't know that. 
um, but uh, the importance of following the unction is so that we can develop ourselves to a place where we're useful for God's kingdom. And when we don't have to, when we don't have to rest on the demands of what I have or who I am, but what part am I to the bigger picture? When we rest on that, then all of a sudden God can do something great through that group. Yeah. And that's the people that really, uh, that really uh, are, are uh, that do something for God. You know, the family churches, of course, I, I had to tell a friend of mine this once uh, not too long ago. I said, you do realize I love the family churches. After all, I do pastor two of them. So th there must be some kind of love in me for the family churches. But, you know, everybody in their own household knows where the issues are in their household. In your household, you all sitting here pretty today and perfect. You all came to church and, you know, everybody was smiling or mostly smiling if you came as a family or whatever. You know, and, and, there, and there was, uh, you know, there's a certain error that you're, or error that you're going to present to people. But you know when you go home, there's things that aren't perfect about your home life. You know when you go home that, you know, like as, as great as I can tell you my relationship is with my wife, and we have a wonderful relationship. But that doesn't mean things are always perfect at home. It doesn't mean we don't have stuff that we have to deal with once in a while. And so the same thing is we just learned how to deal with it pretty effectively, and that's a blessing to us. And we try to teach people how to deal with it effectively. But just because we deal with it effectively at times doesn't mean there's perfection at home. And there's still, even this long into life, there's still things we're working out of our own home life. Amen? Well, the unction of the Lord wants to help us do that. And so as, we, as I look at the family churches, sometimes I see things I don't like. But I do know the things that are good, and that's the thing that the Lord has reminded me of. Uh, you know, just because we're connected to other churches doesn't mean they're all perfect. Does anyone have an uncle who's less than perfect? Does anyone have an aunt who maybe isn't quite, you know? You know, we all know. We, we were talking to our friends yesterday, and, they, and, and, and we was like, how do people in the other churches look at us as pastors? How do they look at us? And he said, they look at you as a bit eccentric, right? That's the word he used. And I liked that. I thought, that's okay. Yeah, my wife liked it too. We're, we're a little bit eccentric. But, you know, I looked that word up and it, it means to do things differently and sometimes strange. You know, strange to other people. And that's kind of how we... Well, listen, God made me a pastor. And he made my wife a pastor. And he verified that through other pastors. In fact, some of those pastors that look at us and think, man, they're strange, have verified the call of God on our lives. And because of that... They have to recognize that God brought us into the mix for a certain purpose. You know, sometimes as a pastor, you can see other people that are faithful and doing things out there in the world, and you think, man, I wish I had them in our church. But then the Lord reminds me of the people I've placed in your church, I've placed there for a reason. And it's up to me to start looking into that and to find what, you know, what, what things are there. But it's also up to you to find what part that you play. And so that's why I throw things out there like, you know, different things like starting teams with no direction. Yeah. <laughs> we have teams reach the community that so far have not gotten any much direction from me. Why? Because I haven't got more direction than that. Yeah. But do you realize that if you've been called to that team, part of your, part of your job now is to find your place in that? If you've agreed to that, if you've accepted that, because I always give people a choice. But if you've accepted that to be part of that team, and maybe you're sitting here saying, well, I'm not part of that team, and I want to be. Well, praise the Lord. Talk to somebody. Do some research. Find out who's on the team. See, you just got to start. You just got to find out the flow. And once you start finding out the flow, you can find out where to go. 
and the, uh, the unction of the Lord is like that. It's a still small voice, as we're told in Scripture. You know, that God isn't going to always talk to us through signs and wonders and, and dreams and all these things. And although he does at times, we should not be seeking those types of things. We want God to move on us, brush us as with a feather, so we know that we can move here and move there. We don't have to have a big booming sign. Amen? Glory to God. How would people treat you in Walmart if all of a sudden the heavens opened up above you? A light shone around you. And people heard a voice talking to you and you're on your knees. Yeah, they think you're weird. They think something's going on. And they might not want to be. They'd be a little less, uh, a little less uh, uh, excited about uh, you know, being around you. Glory to God. Even though that those can be exciting things. You know? So we shouldn't always be looking for those things. The unction, the inward unction, and this is what we need to know. We've been giving an anointing from the Holy One, but we need to learn how to partake of that anointing. Amen. Praise the Lord. The problem is a lot of times people step out, they try to step out in, in faith, they try to step out into th something where they've never really had an unction, they've never had to learn an anointing. You know, the anointing, the very, the, the very unction of God works through submission. And this is one of the reasons why I am so big in submission and, and so much lately. And, and, and if you think that I'm just coming down on you, I drill myself with the idea of submission constantly. And what I mean by that is I'm constantly looking. Am I supposed to submit in this area? Am I not supposed to submit? To I'm trying to understand it because I want to be perfect at submission. Submission is not enjoyable. In fact, my wife and I were talking about this even this morning. We were talking about areas that we have to submit at different times to be in the will of God. And do you know that those areas that you have to learn to submit in sometimes are very difficult. It won't cause you to sin. It won't call you to sin. Submission will never call you. To, submission to God will never call you to sin. Amen? But submission will put your flesh in an uncomfortable position. It will make you go places that you don't want to go. It will make you be around people you don't want to be around. It will make you take advice or take uh, counsel from people that you don't want to take counsel from. Now, when I say that, that again does not a license to go take counsel from any, everybody and anybody. Right. You learn who to take counsel from, and then you'll even learn when you start getting more effective. Not only will you learn where to get counsel from, but you'll learn what counsel you can get from where, and you'll learn that some places you can get certain counsel, and some places you can't get certain counsel. Right. Amen. Glory to God. We learned that as we were sending a, a young man out into the world to live on his own. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, there's a terrible twos and that's a hard part of life. And they'll say, oh, you know, I think teenagers are a hard part of life. I'm going to tell you right now, if you have not raised a child to the point of sending them out into the world in a godly home, the hardest part of life is to send and release a child into adulthood. And it isn't because the child is terrible or anything like that. It's because it is literally the scariest thing because everything in you, you're hoping that everything that you put into them was enough that will sustain them. So they'll go out there and that they'll do things the way, uh, they'll, that they'll learn a relationship with the Lord. And, and, and it's been interesting as we've watched, especially my oldest son here, as we've watched him go through that process. Do you know there's sometimes he's made decisions that we wouldn't have necessarily made. But some now, now this is not advocating for all your decisions, just so you know. But, uh, <laughs> but sometimes there's decisions that he's made that we wouldn't have necessarily made. But we've seen them work out in his benefit because he knew he had to. And the decisions that he's known that he's had to, you know, uh, he, he, he's done them well in, 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 in those areas. It, it is a, a benefit to him. And it's a blessing to us.
but it's a lot of lessons nonetheless. And that's the same way as it is with a pastor. You know, in a, as a pastor, I have to trust that God is going to bring people in that are going to connect and to be part of this. But then I also have to trust that they're going to uh, step out and they're going to do things uh, the, the way that they should. And, and, and there's times where I'm going to have to come in and clean that up, just like a parent. And there's times where that's awkward because there's sometimes, I mean, we've had to tell people there's been things and praise the Lord, uh, some of the people aren't here anymore, but we've had to tell people to do certain things or not to do certain things. And we're sitting there saying beforehand and afterward, do we really have to tell people not to do this? Do we really? Because it's awkward. Listen, if you want to be a blessing to your pastor, don't put us in a position of having to tell you to do something that you should just know to do. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, don't, don't, don't do something wacky, goofy, and have us come in to clean it up. Because that's awful. It's a terrible, it's the thing I dread the most as a pastor. Is when I got to clean up something, some mess that somebody else made. And you, and, you know, they made it because they just weren't using common sense. They weren't thinking about other people or whatever. Praise God. Hallelujah. But we are talking about the unction. Amen. Glory to God. I've got so much unction today. Hallelujah. That unction... That unction, and we're gonna we're we're gonna get into this. And I'm not I am not I'm gonna just tell you the honest to God truth. If this message takes me ten weeks to get through, I do not care, because I believe it's so important that I think that after we if we if we, if we truly listen with a heart to hear, yeah. <clears throat> you know you know Jesus said this. He said, "Those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches." You can have ears to hear, or you can close things off because you choose not to, Lord. You, know, you don't even have to like me. This is the wonderful thing. You don't have to like me at all. You don't have to like the way I do things. All you have to know is that this is where God has you to be. And you go before the Lord every service, every time I'm going to get in the pulpit, and say, Lord, I have ears to hear what you want to say. Praise the Lord. And if he doesn't want you here, certainly he'll move you on. But I'll tell you this, God isn't moving you, bebopping around to a bunch of different places. God will move you somewhere. He will settle you there. That place that he will settle you is not perfect. It will be less than perfect. But that place where God settles you will change your life if you have, if you have ears to hear. This is the wonderful thing about it. What God has shown me is that my leadership is not perfect. He has not shown me that so I can look at them and say, you're not perfect. He's shown me that to understand that even though they're not perfect, he has changed my life through what they have done and what, they have, uh, what the Lord has done through them. Yeah. He's also taught me things where I've learned and where I've needed to follow my spirit. And there's times where it's been differently, uh, different than what they came up with. But I'll tell you, it was for my own life and not others. And they've always panned out. See, if it's God, it always works out. I said, if it's God, it always works out. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So the, uh, the, the anointing is to apply, uh, 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 apply something to something else for a purpose. And we understand that's what the unction is. The unction is to lead us and to guide us, but we are not to lead and guide our unction. Your unction is not going to be according to your desires. In the sense of, well, I like all things blue, so God is leading me to all things blue. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I often said this. I, I was convinced that I was going to marry a blonde woman. I was convinced of it. I am not in any way, shape, or form uh, disheartened, uh, less than encouraged by my wife not being blonde. I am super happy my wife is exactly who she is. 
that God has brought to me, the one that specifically is her in every way, shape, and form. And the reason I am is because I realize what God did when he put us together. Yeah. Amen? Uh, so if I had what I thought was going to happen, now that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily attracted. Actually, what, uh, to be honest with you, to, to know why I thought that it was specifically going to be a blonde woman was because I had a dream. I'm telling you the truth, that I met a blonde woman. And so I interpreted that as being this must be God telling me. And so it had nothing to do with even my personal preference because I had really no specific personal preference uh, on hair color. Um, but that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. It is good. Oh, I know what to say. I'm just not sure if I should say it. Because <laughs> I, praise God, hallelujah. But the point that I'm trying to make, that there, there will be things that God will stir in us. And I don't want you to think that it's completely, the anointing will be, or the unction will be completely aside from your desires. But as you learn to put these things to practice, and we learn to put them to practice first in the small things, but as we learn to put, put them to practice, see, the, the unction Doug told me not to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Doug's kind of my life coach back here. He, he's like, he helps keep me in, he helps keep me in check. <laughs> Praise God. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's Steve's there to put, help keep Doug in check. You notice how we place them? It's just like... Just remember, Doug, Steve can reach you from where he's at. <laughs> Glory to God. Praise God. Amen, amen. But, uh, you know, the unction, God will lead us in little things. He, he, he wants us to start learning in little things. And that's just like, just, just reading the word. And, you know, the unction simply starts like this. This is, a, this is one of the earliest forms of unction I ever knew. So when I started reading the Bible because I wanted to know God. You notice what I said there, I wanted to know God. You can sit in church because somebody's made you. You can sit there because your parents made you or whatever. or Because it's what you think you ought to do. But if you sit in church without a desire to know God, you'll never get anything out of it. I said you can sit in church without a desire to know God and never get anything out of it. In fact, if you're sitting here and you're saying, I'm not getting anything out of this, I'm going to tell you what the problem is. You haven't got a great enough desire to know God. Have faith in God. You have to start somewhere. And you say, you know, and there's no point if you're like sitting there saying, well, I, you know, I, I'm still working all this out. Well, you need to either just jump all in or jump all out. Because staying on the fence ain't getting you nowhere. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so that's exactly what we need to do. So the, 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 the first place I, I start, I opened the word because I'm like, man, I, I had heard some things about the word and they stirred something in me. That stirring is an unction. Maybe you're sitting in church and you hear one thing said, and it just, something in you, it stirs. That's the beginning of the unction. When you read the word and you start reading the word with the intent to find God, to hear from the Lord, Lord, I want to know you, so I'm going to start reading your word because that's what I've been told to do, and that's, that's the only place I know to start looking. Guess what happens? 
you'll start reading and maybe maybe when you start off you'll be a marathon reader and you'll just you'll just read chapter after chapter after chapter I, I did that I went through this the Psalms one day uh, one uh, when I first came back to the Lord I went through the Psalms in two days I read every Psalm and that was on top of everything else that I was doing at the time uh, so I was just absorbing the word and just just reading it so quickly but do you know that when the Lord will highlight things to you as you're reading the word and all of a sudden something jumps off the page at you something you know it just you look at it maybe it's you maybe you don't even know why maybe you're looking at it you think there's something interesting in that you know what I've learned I've learned that that's God trying to get something over to you and so that's a good place to stop and start with the unction that's the unction and see as we learn to be obedient to that and hear that and recognize that what God does is he starts giving us greater unctions but God isn't going to take us into great depths of unctions without getting us into the basics and so this is why again we, we, we talk so much about the stuff submission in the local church stuff like that because all of that stuff is trying to help you you know God has spoken to me about people before in my life uh, that, that he's brought to me and said you you I can I can help them through you if they'll listen and that's the key and that's really the thing with everybody that sits in here it's not just specific I know there's people in here that would recognize me telling them that because the Holy Spirit specifically told me that specifically about them but the reason I bring it up is because the truth of that applies to all of us God can get us somewhere if we're willing to listen but if we're not then we're not going to turn with me to 1st Corinthians chapter 2 Praise God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Can I see my phone for a minute? Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's interesting. I thought that was interesting. I'm like, I looked down and this is the last scripture I got for the message. I'm like, I knew I was in more than that. And it was because it just didn't switch over. But that's okay. First Corinthians chapter two. I don't even know if we'll get that far. <clears throat> I haven't even got to first Corinthians yet, so. <laughs> Praise the Lord. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 12. Glory to God. Now when I can't... <clears throat> That's 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I was like, Troas? What is that? I mean, I suppose that could have something to do. What were you thinking? Amen. 1 Corinthians, aren't you... <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now, that's right, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Now this is important because I want you to, I, I really want you to think about something. If you come into the church, as you know, you become a believer, and you continue to think the way that you always did, just the exact same way you always did, nothing really has changed, but now you've added a little God flavor to it. Yeah. Has there really been change? Right. Why would you continue 
If you've been given the spirit of, who is from God, not the spirit of the world, why would you continue to live according to the spirit of the world? See, this is a thing that, this, this is probably one of the greatest uh, 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 fights in a Christian's life is, is, is coming to God, but then releasing themselves to him. Being, you know, like, you, you know, I've seen this before. I've seen where people have been, I, I've been led to the church. And I know, and people have said this to me, that they, they've been led to the church. And then somewhere down the line, they get disheartened or they get, they get, uh, they, they get off or something. Or something uh, just isn't the same. And so they just start going in a different direction. And a lot of times lead. I've had people tell me that God has led them to the church and have left. And it's like, but you aren't any better now than where you were. Do you think that's really God? See, God brings us to places to be planted. And once we're planted, God is going to do an amazing work in us, despite who's standing in the pulpit. I'm saying the key has got to be, did God bring you? You have to know when you come to church where God has brought you. Now, perhaps you're going through a period of time where you're, where you're, where you're, where you're seeking God and you don't quite know. And, and, and all of us have probably been in that place where we, where we don't quite know and maybe we try out a few churches to try to... That can be part of the process. But eventually God wants to get you somewhere because he wants you to know something. He wants you to be established in something. And once you're established in something, then God can build something in you. The problem so often happens that Christians float around and never get established in truth. They never get established. In, and I'm going to tell you something that might, might rock your socks right off you. But the truth of the matter is, sometimes God will do something different in this church than he does in another church over here. But it's no less God. Now, it won't go against scripture. But methods of doing things will be different at times. And we have to understand that if God has connected, I said, if God has connected us, that there's a method he is going to use to work things into our lives. It's not up to me to tell you where you got to go to church. But it is up to me once you're there to feed you. And it's up to you when you're being fed to eat. What do we know about the immaturity of a baby? We just, we, we, we got a baby in here today. The immaturity of the baby. They'll put some food in their mouth, and it comes right back out. And then what does mom do, or the dad do? They take the spoon, and they, they, I remember the feeling of the little rubber spoons. On your, on your face, I can remember it. The little rubber spoon, right? You don't believe I used to do it? I used to. The little rubber spoon, and, and you'd have to go around the mouth and sweep up the lips and get in the corners. And I used to make a game of it for myself just to, to you know, get, get some in the, in the corner. And, and, the, and, the, and there was a certain things like sweet potatoes and stuff like that. And I think you like sweet. Do you like sweet potatoes? Yeah, you like sweet potatoes. Because I remember the color. And I remember the color. It was just, it would stain, you know, it would be all over. But you're trying to get it off. And, and what are you doing? And the baby would, more would come back out. And then, you, you know, for you, you, you put some in and half of it would come out or three quarters of it come out and you put it back in and now you know as it I think the purpose in that is because once it mixes with the saliva and comes back out a few times and gets remixed again it goes down a lot easier you know it just kind of runs down and they can't do anything but you, you know they they, they uh, we, we would do that why is that because the baby's immature 
The baby doesn't know yet to swallow. And then they learn by the, the parent doing that over and over and over again. They learn that, oh, this is the time when I'm supposed to swallow. And swallowing starts to become so easy that we just do it without thinking about it. The other day, I put some salad in my mouth and swallowed a whole piece of lettuce. And I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I mean, I never had this happen. Have you ever choked it? Have you ever heard of anybody choking to death on lettuce? I tell you the truth, I found out you can. Because this thing, like a, like a reverse parachute in my throat, just like stuck to, and I'm like, and then I'm like, well, I got to get this sucker down, so what do I do? Of course I'm going to take a drink, but now the water's sitting on it, or whatever I was drinking. You didn't even know this was all happening. She was just eating her, you wondered why I didn't like that place. I almost died eating there, amen? Glory to God. I'm telling you, you can't trust them vegetarian, vegans, whatever. They want to, want to kill you with that salad. Sure, it was just a... <clears throat> but you understand, because you, you, you get a little, you know, uh, you get a little ahead of yourself. You think, well, I can handle this. But we, you know, I know that stuff is funny, but we all do that in life a little bit, don't we? We start thinking we know something, and so we start swallowing it whole, and then all of a sudden it's choking us and gagging us, and we're like looking around, you know, because you, you, you're making that decision. There's always that. I've choked a few times in a restaurant, and, and, and there's always that moment. It's like a decision, like, I, I, I need to get this up as quiet as I can because I don't want to look like a fool, but at the same time, i got to get it up because I don't want to die. Right, and so there's always that moment. I have a, I have a. Remember the story? We were at Waldemere Park, and uh, we we were there for some shop picnic or something, and I was eating a hot dog, <laughs> and I bit into that hot dog, and I, I don't know, however fell far down I bit, and that sucker slid down my throat. I mean, I was doing, and I, all of a sudden I'm here. I got a hot dog lodged in my throat, and I thought I'm gonna die. And here comes my aunt Jean. I mean, she's skipping tables. I mean, if you ever seen that, that woman's coming at me. And I'll tell you how that. You wanna know how that hot dog come up? It came up before she got to me. You know why? Cause I was scared. My throat constricted like a boa, and that thing popped right out. And I'll tell you why. Cause here comes Aunt Jean skipping over the tables. Poo. Room. And she's got a look, she's got a look of determination on her face, man. I'm telling you, she's she's her eyes are on me. She's not seeing anything else in her way. And her hand comes up in the air and she's she's coming through like this. And I'm like, I'm I'm gonna die if she hits me. <laughs> Praise God, hallelujah. <clears throat> that, that's what love will do to you. But uh <clears throat> I tried to swallow too much and I choke on it, you know. But you know, the same thing is with, with, with God. Lord, the Lord wants us to learn through the little unctions, through the little things. And as we, as we get in a place and he's going to feed us and it's going to start off like that. And, you know, sometimes, you know what we do? Sometimes we come into uh, a new situation in life. Have you ever been there? You've been moved on and maybe, and maybe you come into a new situation in life and people are trying to do that with you. And you're like, you're like no, man, I know how to eat. You know, but you got to understand it comes out of love and because God wants to build and there's, there's things that we have to learn. And if we're patient and we allow him to build those in us, if we trust him. But you understand that the unction all comes with first trusting God. Right. Know where you're supposed to be. And when you know where you're supposed to be, don't let anything move you and rob that from you. Amen. When you know where you're supposed to be, the unction can start working in you and develop the thing in you. And this is the thing. Maybe there's things that are on your heart. And I know with many of you, there's things that are on your hearts. There's bigger things that are on your heart. And you know that that's the place you got to get there. Yes, let God bring you there. He'll bring you through the unction. He'll guide you from the place where he set you. If you know that and you embrace that, glory to God. Hallelujah. 
But notice what it says here. We haven't received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God for a purpose. We've received that spirit so we may know the things freely given to us by God. Now, people want to argue over what things are. I don't care what you want to argue. I just want to believe that God wants to do good in my life. And that's what I'm going to preach. And if you don't like that kind of preaching, if you don't like that we're going to preach God wants to do something good in your life, then go somewhere they'll teach you that God wants to do bad things. But I believe God wants to do good things in your life. And you know why? Because I've seen God do good things in a, in a loser's life. And I'm not calling you a loser, but I am calling myself in my life I was a loser. I lived as a loser. I did things. I chose things that were wrong. I, I chose to be around people that were wrong. I did things that didn't help me, didn't benefit me, but only drew me to worse. I went from worse to worse to worse to worse. Yeah. And I did that because I didn't know what God wanted to do in me. And so the hope of the message today is to start with you can know, and not only can you know, but God has put his spirit in you so that you would know. Yeah. Amen. He, that you would know the things freely given to you. Um, given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But look at this, a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised or, or spiritually understood. We have to learn how to judge spiritually, not just judge naturally. The reason this is so important for the, the beginning of this, this, this message is because if we're so consumed with making natural judgment, we will not be able to understand the unction and make spiritual judgment. People say to me all the time, you know, I've heard this in my family and stuff like that, like, you, you, you know, you can't, you never know what's going to happen. You can't. Yes, you do. You can. You can totally know what's going to happen. I can absolutely know whether or not my, the, 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 that a spouse that my kids will choose will work out if they'll have problems. I can absolutely know that. Yeah. Why? Because I have unction. Yeah, right. I can know if a decision I'm about to make is good or not. You know, there's people that have said to me, have suggested me to do many things over the years because they saw something in me. But those things weren't always right. Those things weren't always right because they didn't have the unction. They were, they were looking at things from a natural means. And so what we want to do is we want to be people that learn how to hear the Spirit because God mixes the Spirit with the natural. It influences the natural. And when it does that, what it does is it changes our lives. My life changed because of the unction in my life that was put there and instilled there by another uh, by multiple men and women of God but that unction that is there because I embraced that has taken me further than even what they took me and that's what God and, and still what I do is a blessing to them and that's exactly the way that it should be and so if we understand that it, the natural, like if you're just making decisions based on the natural, how do you know they're in the natural? Well, maybe you'd hear anybody else in the world making the same decision. Maybe, maybe it's just the way that you always thought and the way that you always made decisions. If that's what you're doing, then you're not going to receive the things of the Spirit. You're not going to be able to receive from that. It's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Your flesh, being led by your flesh, doing just what your flesh wants to do, is not going to lead you correctly, but doing what the Word of God tells you to do will. 
And so as we learn to follow the Spirit, as we, as we, as we start off in this, this, this section of simple faith, let's start embracing and start looking. At it. And I really encourage you, as you go out in the, in the world this week, start looking for the unction. Start sensing it. Like I, I, say, I said to my kids, you, you can ask them, they, they hear all the time, or Caleb's probably sick of me saying it, uh, over the years, saying, you know, what, 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 what are you picking up? What are you, what are you getting? What's on your heart? I don't know. And I always tell them the same thing. You should know. And he's learning. He's learning how to do that. But we all need to learn that. We all need to start picking those things up and, and be okay with, with, with uh, being balanced in those things. There'll be times where people say, hey, this is on my heart. And we might say, well, that's not what God is doing specifically. Glory to God. And so what you do is you look at how does that, how can that fit in? How can that be part of it? Amen? Because God isn't going to, God isn't going to lead us by everybody but he will lead us all together using the parts of the body together. Amen? Praise God. So I, I hope that that's a good start, and I hope it helps you with some things. Amen? But we're going into this thing, the unction. We're going to find out more about it as we press into this in the weeks coming. Amen?